Hello and welcome back to another episode of Romance and Color. I am one half of the duo here at Romance and Color, Tati Richardson, and thank you for stopping by again. Uh, we have an amazing uh, podcast this week with some amazing folks. Uh, first up, we have Anayat LJ, who is a young adult fantasy writer, new adult fantasy writer, and we talk about her debut uh, and about her fusion of race, disability rep, as well as her take on fantasy writing in general. And in our What is Book Talk reading, I have my little sister, a prolific book talker in her own right, scholar, and all around just sweet, sweet, sweetheart, Renee Esson, uh, coming on to the podcast. So you all sit back, relax, and enjoy this podcast. And at first, we have our interview with YA new adult fantasy author, Anayat LJ. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast this week. I am here with my guest, Anayat LJ, who writes paranormal YA fantasy. Um, and we're going to talk about all the things that she's writing and all of her inspiration and her writing process and all that good stuff. So Anaya, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. So I'm so excited to, <laughs> we don't get a lot of, uh, of, of like fantasy authors on the podcast, um, but it's cool because I really want to like try to highlight people who are doing some amazing things and some amazing genres that are kind of romance adjacent. <laughs> um, and so I'm really glad that you decided to come on and, and talk to me. So I'm going to ask you the question that I asked everybody when they come on the podcast um, when did you first fall in love with like writing? And in your case, when did you first fall in love with kind of fantasy and romance novels? Um, writing in general, I've loved writing from a young age. It was one of the only things that I did where I wasn't like a competition with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, my family was very competitive, but writing mm-hmm. was one thing that was just me. So I, I fell in love with that really quickly. Fantasy, um, that's relatively new overall um because fantasy scares me but I still it's still intriguing at the same time so this is my stab at it the book I wrote before this was contemporary mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I think they say we should do all we should always do things that scare us the oh, most yeah. that's what that's what we're most <laughs> most successful at so you know how did you kind of transition from being kind of a fan of certain genres to wanting to say hey I'm going to write in the genre and and like what's your background for instance like do you have a background in writing or or anything like that um if Wattpad counts as background then I have a background it it absolutely counts as background don't don't shade Wattpad we have we have had people on this this podcast we have had successful careers from Wattpad so no girl of course it does (laughs) By a Wattpad counselor and Wattpad, that's my background. Um, I I spent most of my earlier years reading, figuring out what I did and didn't like as far as writing, like, oh, this is too cliche, this is too overplayed. And then I'm like, okay, I can write short stories. I can write um, a little flash fiction here. I'm like, okay. And then um, in high school, I was an IB student and we had to have film classes. So we analyzed mm-hmm. films, wrote scripts and everything. So I got into writing 
I think junior year of high school at that point. And then I'm like, well, if the script writing was fun, I'm like, let's see if I can do something different on the same mm -hmm. wavelength. So I wrote mm -hmm. my first book, my senior year of high school. Um, I wasn't really good at promoting or didn't know anything about the writing process aside from actually writing. So that, that didn't go anywhere. Um, mm -hmm. But that's how it all started, like the background wise. Mm, okay, okay. And from there, from Wattpad, what made you think, okay, I, I'm going to give my give a stab at writing something full time because I, I looked at your kind of your resume of writing and I see that you did some like you said you did some contemporary novellas before that. Yes. So what was kind of the process of doing that um, versus, you know, the fantasy stuff that you started writing? Um, I think. Well, the first book that I wrote, it was inspired from someone I knew while I was enlisting in the military. Mm -hmm. When we were on maps, we had to stay overnight at a hotel. And there's a bunch of people who wanted to be um, military soldiers fighting in the U.S. military. Um, and then people from different backgrounds, they were telling their stories and everything. And one person's stories really caught my eye. So I asked him, can I write, your, can I write this book based mm -hmm. off what you told me? He said, mm -hmm. yeah, go for it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. So mm -hmm. that's, that was the first one. It's kind of a dra dra dramatized mm -hmm. in, in that sense. So that um a coming of age that's what it's called yeah. a coming of age contemporary story sort of a um, new adult a new adult kind of transitioning story yeah. yeah yeah okay 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 and that was kind of like a shorter novella type type yeah book. um I think it's like thirty six thousand words so mm -hmm. yeah okay okay and so it, I, I mean I hear you mentioned being in the military and how, I mean, how does that kind of, how do you find the time in your schedule to to write? And what what's a typical like writing day look like for you as someone who's, you know, in our, you know, armed first forces? And first of all, thank you for your service thank and you being in, in the armed forces and, and, and working and writing. Like, gosh, I mean, you, you your schedules are probably crazy. How in the world do you take the time to kind of write? Um. Well, I've only been active duty, well, full-time for a couple of months now. So before that, mm -hmm. I was in the National Guard. So it was only one week in a month. So, okay. and then uh, the occasional time I went on active duty orders, which was like during 2020, 2021, mm -hmm. because of COVID. So, oh. you know, so for the most part, it was like one week in a month. And then I had, I worked another job. I went to college and everything. I got all that out of the way. And now mm -hmm. I'm just working full-time for the mm -hmm. military. So now whenever I have downtime, I, I, I have my work computer right next to my personal computer. And mm -hmm. when I have nothing going on with work-wise, everything, and they don't need me out in the motor pool, fix the vehicle, mm -hmm. I'm in my office and I'm typing something up, listening to whoever's talking on Twitter at the time. So that's mm -hmm. how I fit it in. And when I come home on the weekends, I dedicate Saturdays to writing. Um, uh -huh. And then Sundays is just relax, nothing, don't do anything. You're done. Okay. So you say you listen to Twitter while you, like, like, like Twitter spaces while you write? Yeah, I have, there's a good community on Twitter that I hang around with, hang around with sometimes. Uh -huh. And I use them as background noise because I can't have, I can't have complete silence, but I uh -huh. get distracted more easier in complete silence. So if they're background noise, they're mm -hmm. just enough of a distraction to keep me focused on everything else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about your transition to fantasy and your sort of fantasy debut silent sounds i was really <laughs> intrigued by this idea of a dystopian world where sign language is the primary like 
a way of communication like where did that come from I think this might be the first uh <laughs> fantasy novel I've seen where sign language is not used in a sort of oh my god I have to you know this person oh poor person is deaf you know what I mean like it's really right. centered and really given some you know shown some you know respect in, in, in a way so kind of tell us about that and, and, and how you kind of came up with this concept for silent sounds okay this is a fun story my um <laughs> my cousin um he's probably just turned 17 he mm-hmm. is deaf and I oh. always communicate with him better and everything so after a family reunion I just looked up some classes like um sign language learn sign language here um in the in the in the spring semester of 2023 I'm going to be taking some sign language classes so I can mm-hmm. get better at that because I want to be a translator now but oh, um <clears throat> but I wanted a book where he would feel at home um and there may be some characters on TV or in books who are deaf, but how many Black deaf characters do you see where they're the center of what's going on rather than just a side character? I, don't, that's I, I haven't. I certainly haven't. I'm going to be honest. I haven't. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's why I wanted a world where it's Black people who are deaf, who use sign language, and that is the norm. It's not ostracized. I've made mm-hmm. speaking the alternative rather than sign language. Like, and, and it's kind of a parallel, maybe it's more of like a political stance too. You see how weird mm-hmm. it is that people in this book are contradicting or hunting or discriminating people who can speak, even right. though we, we speak all the time. We're speaking right now. Right. So see how it it's, it's, doesn't make any sense that we're doing the same thing to people who use sign language, the deaf community, the hard of hearing, the, meth, the, the, the people who are mute. Mm-hmm. they have these forms of communication and it shouldn't be seen as less than because what the general population can't do it even though it's something that can be learned that should have been learned mm-hmm. so yeah, that's absolutely. that's the pull I that I love and fantasy um everyone wants a fantasy character that looks like them mm-hmm. that's why I'm so happy to see so many more black books out there with more fantasy going on fantasy mm-hmm. elements so I figured I want to create my own as well Mm, okay and then so there's this added layer of disability and race going on in this novel and what I'm intrigued by and and I've heard many people and I've seen it on TikTok as well uh the deaf community particularly black deaf people talk about just like we have AAVE there's black deaf sign language as well yes. um do you kind of touch on that in the novel or is that something that you're you're wanting to maybe explore another time or or something probably another another time I want to properly educate I I won't write about an African community I don't understand Uh so unless I actually deep dive into it I'm not going to portray them incorrectly I don't want to incorrect portrayals I don't want to bring more harm than good oh absolutely absolutely but still even even still portraying you know having a layer of this kind of dichotomy of race and you know quote-unquote disability right. going on is just fascinating to me in in, in, a, in a in a fantasy what kind of like world building um did you do before you started writing it was so fun I only, <laughs> <laughs> like world building is immense in itself I, I've still not done world building <laughs> because that's just you're building a world there's so many systems in place going on um 
so I start with the fundamentals. Is there magic? No. Um, it's it's literally an alternate Earth. <laughs> it, um, there's some creatures that's like, oh, there's fake creatures, but it's just creatures that resemble what we think of in mythology. Like mm -hmm. you'll see like um, a troll, but how we think of when we see a troll isn't how it's portrayed in the book, but it's so close enough that they're like, okay, well, these are fantasy creatures, even though they're indigenous to this world. Mm -hmm. But the people that are that um, I write aren't. They came to this planet to get rid of, to get out away from Earth because Earth, we ruined it so bad and everything. So we had to leave, basically. And the climate makes it almost impossible to speak because of the air density. Mm -hmm. um, we can speak on different frequencies, well, different, yeah, different frequencies and everything. You know how, mm -hmm. like, if you go up Mount Everest, it's going to be harder to speak and everything. The right. air is different. It's right. basically like that through the entire world. So, mm. and humans evolve, but not at a quick rate. So we're only 900 years into the future mm. after the space exploration. So like, as much as you like want to evolve to speak and uh, accommodate, we don't evolve that fast. We take 50,000, we took 50,000 at least years to get some form of language going on. Mm. And even then it's, so 900 years is nothing. Right, mm. right. Right. In terms of like evolutionary yeah, yeah it, it, it growth and expansion. Yeah, yeah, that that is nothing. <laughs> that You're is right. nothing. You can't expect people to try to come up with all their own forms of language in nine hundred years for everyone on the planet to try to understand. Right. And you mm. may have some what's it called? Um genetic mutations that allow some people to speak here and there. Mm -hmm. Um it may be through other intervention. I have natives of the planet, people indigenous to the um, Ameslin, and they're called the Ames people, and mm -hmm. they've been there for millennia, so they can speak. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I picture them as human as well, so like human in nature, but like not humans. So mm -hmm. when they um, when they have kids together with people who are from Earth and they can't speak, but now the kid has to be. 50 50 percent chance because of genetics genetics right, right oh that kid speaks oh no and then there's the fear factor in play well they can speak they have this power that we can't do so we either need to figure out how everyone can have it or no one can have it mm. and that's that's mm. the premise of it fear is a, a human emotion definitely so mm, mm, mm. and fear is kind of what drives the the kind of dis the layer of discrimination and whatnot against the people on the, on yes. the planet yeah yeah, yeah, that's that's just fascinating to me. Like, so, so as an indie author, um, what made you want to go like the indie route versus, you know, traditional publishing or, um, you know, the whole process of fantasy and querying? Because fantasy and and black folks is getting is pretty pretty popular now in the yes. traditional in the traditional spaces. But what made you want to go, uh, the the indie route? with this this question is a little embarrassing because the only reason that i i went indie is because i'm impatient <laughs> <laughs> i i don't see myself waiting six seven eight months for a yes or no mm -hmm. so um i'd rather if i know i'm capable of doing it on my own i i'll do it on my own if that's what needs to be i'll say i'll spend two three months saving up for an editor and mm -hmm. working on my own marketing tips everything that you've seen marketing wise it's been done by me myself so mm -hmm. like that's just that's just how I am I know I need to develop a sense of patience <laughs> mm -hmm. um because I do see myself 
querying like for other books and everything but this mm-hmm. series um I think it's probably just going to stay indie okay mm, okay and what have you learned through the whole process of of self-publishing um what's been the biggest takeaway that you've learned from 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 the entire process uh, I learned that the hardest part is writing the first draft mm. um, editing I love editing I I can edit all day if I need if needs be mm-hmm. uh, just getting the words out on paper is the hard part for me and mm-hmm. but I, I've over the past months because of nano it's become a lot easier having more outlines are so useful it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. too extensive but it is useful um I mm-hmm. figured out I love formatting that's mm-hmm. my favorite thing and mm-hmm. I, any art animation in the books that I have going on I've done that myself as well so oh wow well, I I I just love it. Mm, <laughs> so mm. if anything, it's made me love writing more, the entire mm-hmm. process as a whole, not even just the writing part, the the editing, the looking for beta readers, um, finding a cover artist. That's all just been, I just love it all. Mm, mm, that's fascinating. So what has been like, you know, as, as an author, it gets really lonely. The process is super solitary. What do you do in those moments when you're like, okay, I'm in the weeds. I don't know what to do. And you're just kind of stuck. It's not even writer's block. You're just kind of stuck, you know, on a certain scene or a certain thing. How do you kind of break through that? Um, I write the next scene. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I, I'm not um, a chronological writer. Well, I was, mm-hmm. but I'm not a chronological writer anymore. So mm-hmm. If I'm stuck on this one scene and it's like not going anywhere, I've been stuck on it for two, three days, I'll write the next scene. And then I'll come back later, I'll put in a bracket, spill in this blank here with this, and then I'll go to the next one. Because the I, I'm not going to solve it any faster by staring at a screen. Right, so right, right. Go to the next scene that interests me, whether that's another chapter ahead, whether it's a scene directly after this one clip that I just can't seem to get right. Like it, it doesn't play out in my mind right. So I just, I just skip ahead or I take a break and like watch something. <laughs> Netflix is always a good distraction. Oh, yeah. yeah. So what, what have you like learned as, I know you're really active on TikTok and kind of like the community of writers that we, that, you know, have kind of formed on TikTok to kind of push out to book talk and things like that. Right. And I know with indie authors, you do a lot of the marketing yourself. Has book talk or TikTok been helpful in you kind of growing your audience from this from this uh, work and finding other people who are like into fantasy or want to read more Black girls and Black folks in fantasy? I, sorry, excuse me. I'd say mm-hmm. yes. Um, I became hyperactive on TikTok around August. So... Mm-hmm before that I had like six eight followers six eight followers now I'm like at almost 1200 so mm-hmm. as as a platform that grew quicker than I expected it to um as a community and I've learned I've learned a lot from fellow writers how, how to avoid the mistakes they made um mm-hmm. making my own mistakes maybe trying to help people avoid that as well mm-hmm. um I really didn't I really wasn't aware that there were a lot more black books from black authors until getting on TikTok, which mm. blew my mind. I, I, that just like ignited more passion for what I was doing because mm. I'm like, there's people out here trying to reach out, trying to branch out, 
creating for kids, like kids, sorry, they're creating stories for kids, the, ki the stories that I wanted to read when I was a kid that age. Right. Like, that is amazing. Because if I had, like, I, I, I love the Divergent series. I love the Hunger Games series. I love, I love those series that I read when I was younger. If I had these books now, I would have loved reading 10 times more. Oh, yes. I would have loved that representation. So I, mm -hmm. I've, it's really opened my eye. And then people, um, whether it's not, whether it's just Black Book Talk or just Book Talk as a whole, people, um, POCs and their stories, mm -hmm. these, they're so inspiring just to read them and see how much work and dedication they put into them. I, I read a couple of books. I'm like, this world building is great. And now it's like, okay, now I need to up my world building. I need to do better. Um, just like, it's just like, maybe that's the competitive part of me. Mm -hmm. But um, <laughs> like, all in all, it's just so refreshing. Yeah, yeah. And you say you didn't, kind of growing up, there weren't a lot of Black uh, fantasy writers. I mean, I I mean, I'm I'm older than you by a long by a lot. <laughs> so trust <laughs> me, I know there were not a lot of, you know, if if there were black fantasy writers, they were writing most certainly high fantasy. They weren't writing like YA or dystopia or anything. It might have been dystopia, but there wasn't a lot of YA in it, you know? Right. Or new adult. Um, so who are some of the authors that you've discovered along your journey, along your path that you're kind of like, okay. I see what they're doing and and, and, I, and I like what they're doing. They kind of, their work kind of speaks to you. Oh, I'm terrible at names. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, um, the book, it was Iron Widow was one. Uh -huh. I like that one. Mm -hmm. um, the premise was very interesting. Mm -hmm. I can't wait for book two. Um, I think her name is Jessica Cage. Yes. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the book name. I can remember her name. It's always one or the other. It's never both. But I love it <laughs> well. I'm sure somebody, somebody listening will be like, we know who that is. Like, like it's, it's just so many people. Um, Kay Powell, her new book. I, I have it on Kindle. I'm loving it so far. What was the title of it? Um, Show No Mercy, I think. Oh, okay. Okay. I think I'm getting that out there. And then the Duchess Bodyguard, that one as well. I don't remember the name of the author, but I was reading that one too, and I love that one as well. Mm -hmm. I think I've heard of that one. Um, it's gotten a lot of um, good, you know, reviews mm -hmm. um, over the um, the past year with the pandemic going on and stuff like that. Um, I want to say her name is Drea. I think. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think yes. It's Drea. There we go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, so shout out to Drea. <laughs> yeah, like some amazing stuff. Um, so kind of let's start kind of circle back to the question about um, you know, your cultural lens and storytelling. Um, you know, where do you want to kind of where do you want to kind of do with the things that you're writing kind of culturally? What do you want people to see? in the things that you're writing and kind of branched like we have we have some disability rep here we have some some racial rep here what other things kind of culturally do you want to pull from um within your writing that you want to kind of open up to like a broader audience okay one thing I've loved incorporating into um what's it called my book <laughs> <laughs> I should know these words um <laughs> um for for one it's the I, I read a book once called um 
dang, I forgot what it's called. But basically the, the entire theme of it was being black is not a monolith. There's not one way to be a black mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. And I, I, so far from the reviews I've gotten, they love the characters, how they're all different. Mm-hmm. Um, Emery, she's 28. She's a teacher. She's no nonsense, but she, she will always have her hair in the protective style. And you always see her with the nails done and everything. Mm-hmm quote unquote high maintenance kind of person but right. always down to earth everything they mm-hmm. have Zalea she always has braids and everything um she's the kind that doesn't want to cry in front of people but Emery she'll cry whenever she wants like mm-hmm. like it's my emotions you don't tell me what to do with it so mm-hmm. like there's like two broad spectrums of black women both mm-hmm. strong both independent and both have their own issues going on mm-hmm. and then they're solving it and then Jericho and Elijah two different spectrums Jericho with um tall light skin fade everything he's the no spoilers no spoilers calm down (laughs) (laughs) we have then we have elijah dark skin dreads everything really Mm -hmm. high in society Mm -hmm. almost like royalty and everything like he's Mm -hmm. like having black people in positions of power where Mm -hmm. where they have where they have some some control of their lives everything i want to show more of that and then show more of them loving their culture that comes along with it like Mm -hmm. So, so often in the past, I know it's not as prevalent now, it probably is, but mm-hmm. there's been a more a worldwide rate of acceptance, but having dreads or dreadlocks was like, oh, that's dirty, or that's this, that, or the third. Mm-hmm. No, he, he's literally royalty. Like, mm-hmm. you're not going to put that past him and not going to get away with trying to say that. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to memorialize Black culture mm-hmm. and let it shine through in this book. Mm-hmm. as it goes through different stages of the the story the beginning being silent breaking free and then retribution freedom basically so mm-hmm. I, I want to ex- um, explore blackness through the entire process of it on mm-hmm. different levels mm-hmm. and I think I think what you say about black people not being a monolith has been one of the main critiques of fantasy particularly YA fantasy um, because so often the black characters are relegated to the background, or they're not, they're they're there's hardly any mention of them being black at all, you know, right. until you know the 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 movie gets adapted. And they're like, wait a minute, they're supposed to be black. <laughs> they're supposed to be black. Um, and so you start getting kind of pushback from the fantasy community, like, wait a minute, you didn't say anything about being black. Not only that, this right. idea of black people just existing in a future period you know um black folks you know so often you know people's idea of the future doesn't include black folks doesn't include people of color doesn't include the disabled um in any type of way and I think what you've done is shown that you know these communities have a right to exist even in something fantastical even in something dystopian and in the future you know and I think that's something that YA particularly black YA is kind of taking a stand stand against and saying hey we deserve to be here we deserve to be represented in the future um yeah so what have been some of like the hard speaking of tough stuff what's some of the hardest scenes you've had to write uh in your book um, anything to do with Emery. She's, she's the 28-year-old teacher. She's mm-hmm. um her emotional vulnerability 
is beyond me. So having to like dig deep and dig into that emotion, having it be raw, whether it's just her hatred, her passion, her joy, anything, that's 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 hard work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bring her to life in such a way to where like I can see her acting out these scenes in front of me mm-hmm. rather than just being a two-dimensional person. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is as much as I love world building, it's hard to get it all out there without feeling like I'm just blurting it out at you. Mm-hmm. So having like the right pacing for that has been hard as well. Yeah, um, That's why yeah. I'm doing some more in-depth um, world building right now, right before I get into editing book two. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is trying to recreate trauma and not mm. be affected by it. <laughs> mm. Mm. So like, because I, I love my characters. I, I, when, I, when I read books, I, I attach the characters more to the plot. So mm. when they're going through something serious, it's going to affect me as well. Mm. So having my character experience this and then like restricting myself from like, okay, now everything's perfect. Everything's fine. Happy ending. Mm. Like letting them experience what they're going through without trying to take away from it because some things need to be said. Some things are just as traumatic as as it sounds. Right. I, I try to attract from that. That's uh, right. what I'm doing in book two, trying to not brush past the PTSD or the trauma that happened in book one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's real talk because I, I think people forget that writers oftentimes, I mean, certain things take an emotional toll on you to write. Right. And, you know, writing something traumatic, writing trauma, writing, writing things that may have affected you that you're putting into your characters is, is a lot of hard work and takes a lot of vulnerability. And it, sometimes you are re-traumatizing yourself right. by, put, by putting your character through something that maybe you in real life you know, experienced as well. So yeah, I think people forget about that kind of process. Like, like writing is cathartic, but at the same time, it's also, it can also be emotionally draining. <laughs> um, right. To the point where like, you know, like, okay, I need to step back. I need to take a step back from, from all of this and, and, and really reflect on, you know, where I'm going and, and what I'm doing um, with the writing. So I know you briefly mentioned book two. Um, where is that going to pick up with, with from uh, Silent Sounds from your first book? <laughs> you don't have to give nothing away now, girl. Don't give nothing away because we won't be, we want the people to matter. I'm not giving nothing away. <laughs> but it starts one week after the last chapter. Oh, so, wow. Okay. So it's not a, a super time jump. Mm-hmm. This is continual dystopian madness mm. and and then book one there's four point of views emery jericho elijah zalea book two mm. is elijah and zalea and mm. then book three is jericho and emery so it's basically two timelines happen at the same time mm. and then they'll meet back up in book three with the two female main characters mm. Mm. oh wow okay wow so it seems like it's, this is going to be the world building that you're going to have to do and the timelines that you're going to have to like pay attention to is going to be like super, super complicated. That's why um, I, I use a Discord app to organize everything. So oh, I wow. have one book, two, book, three, book, four, all outlines, everything. It's a uh-huh. basic outline, but it's enough to like make sure I don't get too lost in my head. 
Oh, wow. I, I've never heard of anybody using. Tell us how you use Discord, like to to to, to write and organize. I've never oh, heard anybody yes. using Discord. Well, the, the the fun part is it's free. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the first step. Yeah. Um, but basically, you can have categories and channels. So category, okay, book one, silent sounds. Um, outline, characters, world building, what I want to happen here, here, and here, the plot points I want to hear, what I've changed from the first outline to what the last outline is, um, notes from beta readers, um, notes from editor, and all that's all aligned under that one section of silent sounds. And then you have book two, okay, the outline, everything, and then we'll, we'll get to the beta reader part after I do like, you know, the first round of edits and everything. But mm. then I have the outline for book three, outline for book four, that I have an entire character sheet, I have character pictures. Um, are they introverted, extroverted? Um, what's one of their strongest vices? Any any weaknesses? Like one thing I like, I like making my characters actually um, real. Like my main character, Zalea, she's she's smart as can be, um, prideful too. But her weakness is she is super directionally challenged. She cannot get to point A to point B without going to C, D, E, F, G. And that's <laughs> She's so, like me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I like having those nuances attached to my characters and everything. So I, I keep that all compiled together. The relationship mm -hmm. dynamic between these two people, how mm -hmm. this person feels about this person, where this person is going to end up um, in the end, if it's going to be romantic, if it's going to be not romantic it's going to be something completely else before I spoil stuff let me stop <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't spoil anything we want we want to we want to pick up where we left off in the in the first book um <laughs> so this is this has been like really eye-opening and and you you know you I think you're bringing something fresh and young and in a new perspective to fantasy and YA um and so we're going to go to our the, almost the last part of our our interview which is kind of a this is that to get to know you better and to kind of <laughs> see what you your thoughts on certain things um so it's kind of like in the actor studio where we ask you all these different questions and you give us like a yes or no or maybe or i like this kind of answer all right okay so, um what was your favorite book as a kid Oof. um as a kid i like the magic treehouse series mm, okay always, always my favorite it's always something different Mm, yeah yeah those are good um do you like writing heroes or villains oh um <laughs> villains mm, okay villains always <laughs> have more interesting storylines anyway <laughs> <laughs> do you like writing well I don't I don't know if you, you indulge in this a lot but do you like writing love scenes or dramatic arguments both both um but as far as this this book goes dramatic arguments mm -hmm. <laughs> where's your favorite place to write I guess in bed <laughs> no okay. trust me that's a lot of people's favorite place to write <laughs> yeah it is um book reviews do you read them or don't read them I read them all good. Oh, good. And I, I really love hearing what people have to say. I mean, they could be completely wrong in my opinion. That's, it's not going to change how I feel about my writing, but mm -hmm. all of it, I'm going to read it. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you say you listen to Twitter in the background, uh, but do you listen to music when you write? Yes or no? Or 
do you make playlists for your for your uh, works in progress um yes I do listen to music but it can only be violins mm, why anything, is that? anything with lyrics distracts me and I'll be singing the song instead of writing and or it'll like what's it called transfer into the scene I'm writing rather than uh, just have, I'm like let me just you know control myself got it got it got it um is you have a favorite word that you like to use in your writing? Mm. Well, in book one, I've been talked about using the word nth, like for the nth time, like no actual quantity, <laughs> but I'm like, uh, for the nth time, I'm like, oh, let me draw back on that. Listen, that's black people time of <laughs> measurement, whatever. <laughs> you can say nth, girl. <laughs> it's black measurement. That's, that's one of my favorite forms of black measurement. Keep that in there. <laughs> oh, it's still in there, but I'm like, oh, let me not overdo it. Uh, um, okay, so if your books became a movie, we talk about big time blockbuster movies here. Who would you want to play the lead? Um, so to play, I actually did this on Twitter the other day because they wanted like yes, this. If I had to play the lead, uh, to pick somebody for the lead for Zalea. It would be the girl from Jesse, um, Sky Jackson. Mm, okay, yeah. Mm. Or um, or China and McLean. Mm-hmm. Okay, both guys, great young actresses. Okay, all right. And where would you like to see? I usually ask this about romance novels, but where would you like to see fantasy or YA go in the next, you know, decade? I hope it's all inclusive. Like that that's what I want. I want everyone to be able to open a fantasy book and say, oh, this person's like me. Whether not it's like whether it's disability, whether it's mental um illness, whether it's any spectrum of things, I want them to say, Oh, this person is like me. I see myself in them and then they're still doing great things. I want people to always have that kind of representation. That's where I see it going. I see people moving in that direction. Right, right, right. And when it's all said and done and you've written like 400 books, uh, <laughs> what do you want readers to say about the books that you've written? Um, just that either it moved them, it opened their eyes, it, like I have a call to action at the end of the book. It, it, mm-hmm. it made them want to, do more mm-hmm. uh, just or the even if they just simply loved it that's that's all mm, that's wonderful and so if someone was interested in let's say YA fantasy and there were authors that you're like you have to read these authors like who would be the like your top top two authors old and new that you would say hey you have to write you have to read this if you want to get to know me and my writing, this is who you would like to read. Oof. If you want to get to know my writing, mm-hmm. this is who you should read. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no authors that you're like a fan of their work and like these are people that like if you're new to the genre, you know, hey, read these, read these folks. Um Let's see, um, what was the name? See, this is the name thing again. (laughs) Um, 
the person who wrote Children of Blood and Bone, I think that's what it was. Call me out of Yemi. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love them. Yeah, good series. Yeah. Um, so Anaya, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I want the people to uh tell people where they can buy your books and where they can find you on social media and what's next. You know, tell us what's next. Oh, of course. Um, well, I'm Anayat LJ. I wrote the book Silent Sounds. It's part of the Amazon series, book one of four. You can find it on Amazon and Kindle Unlimited, um, the ebook version. And for the paperback version, you can find it on Barnes & Noble. Just type in Silent Sounds and you'll see me there. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Anayat, but at a period between every two word, two letters. So um, TikTok, you can find me at Anayat, Anayat Books or Anayat LJ. Um, Twitter, Anaya LJ. Um, and what's next is book two of the Amazon series. I have, uh, I'm working on a fantasy retelling called Rapunzel, basically a film student. So like that's a wrap, Rapunzel. Mm -hmm. um, that's gonna be on Kindle Vellum. I'm working okay. on a book called Blood Country. It's um, also a dystopian fantasy set on earth. Um, that will also be on Kindle Vella coming up. Mm -hmm. And right now I'm editing a book I forgot about mm -hmm. um, called The Crisis That Never Happened. Mm -hmm. um, that will be available through my newsletter, which you can sign up um, on Twitter or on TikTok. All right. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I wish you so much success. I already feel it that you're going to, you know, one of these books is going to be made into some fantastic uh series and it's going to get picked up <laughs> somewhere <laughs> and we're going to be seeing it on the big screen I know you're a film student and you uh love screenwriting so I know you you really want that to happen too so um thank you so much for coming to the podcast it's been a absolute pleasure getting to know you and your work well, thank you for having me Up next, our What is Book Talk reading segment with the beautiful, funny, smart, Rennie Esson. All right, everyone, we are here with our What is Book Talk reading segment with the prolific and one and only influential influencer book influencer herself Rennie Essan how are you Rennie I'm doing so well Tati thank you for having me I'm so excited to join you today thank you for coming on I know you're in the middle of finals and everything you're you're a junior in, in school and so I'm glad you're taking a little bit of time away to talk books with me our favorite thing books yeah. so tell us a little bit about yourself and uh you know where you're from and how you got kind of how you fell in love with like romance books yeah um so my name is Rennie obviously like I'm in college um I'm from Nigeria but you know I'm also American I have an American passport um and you know my roots were really in what young adult fantasy so like if you think like the Enid Blyton books like um and then some like Kathy Cassidy, Jacqueline Wilson kind of more like 
fiction style, like children's mm -hmm. books. Mm -hmm. um, but when I turned like maybe nine, 10, 11, <laughs> the Hunger Games books that are coming out, there was like Twilight that I read. Mm. And I think honestly, like the biggest one might have been like, Fifty Shades of Grey, oh, so bad, oh, <laughs> so bad. I was so young. I was. It's so. It, I was so young. Um, but I was also <laughs> reading like the Anna and the French Kiss, for yes. example, like Anna by by. Um, sorry, what's it called? After by Anna Todd on Wattpad. So I yeah. still had some of those younger kind of like, you know, young adult romance vibes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that was really where my love of reading came. I was also into like the Nicola Yoon, so like everything, mm -hmm. everything. Yeah, like the classic mm -hmm. books. Um, and that's really where my love of romance really started and started mm -hmm. like going, basically going crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. Mm, yeah, it's so funny you, you, you mentioned all those books because I was like, I was a grown, grown woman when those came out. So you were like, oh yeah, you know, when I was young and, and Twilight. And I'm like, yeah, I was like in college when Twilight era or something. I don't remember. I think I was, I definitely was grown when Fifty Shades of Grey came out. So that's so cool. That's so cool. So what is it about romance that kind of like, you know, draws you to like the genre and makes you want to go like, oh, I'm, I'm just like, this is just like, this is my my spot. Even though I know as a book talker, you read everything. You read some of everything. You read fantasy, you read high fantasy, you read uh, literary fiction, you read romance. So you read, you read some of everything. You have a very prolific um, and expansive, you know, uh, knowledge of, of literature. Um, but what, but because this is a romance podcast, um, what, what is it about romance that's kind of like draws you to it um, yeah, as a yeah. genre? No, such a good question. I think, honestly, there's something about it being so hopeful mm. about, you know, what we can do with our fellow human beings and, you know, how we can grow together and create just amazing stories and families and mm. and and I think that that human connection is really at the heart of so much of romance mm -hmm. um, that it makes you feel so good so it's really just like the happy ever after mm -hmm. that there's something there's 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 an alchemy in it in that connection and that growth mm -hmm. that I find frankly irresistible <laughs> mm -hmm. I like what you say irresistible yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so though your book talk journey when did that start for you and how has like being on book talk kind of opened you up to like other branches of romance that you hadn't even like seen or heard of before authors you haven't seen or heard of before no yeah literally um in like early 2021 I had to take a semester off because of like financial issues like and like oh, there was yeah. just so much going on I was back mm -hmm. home Mm -hmm. um, and I had obviously been on BookTok for a while, like watching the videos, but I was like, you know what, I really want to join in and like kind of share my own unique perspectives on things. Mm -hmm. um, and BookTok just opened my eyes to these amazing possibilities. Like I was, I was hearing about like indigenous romance, like black romance in particular, yes. because that was something that I had never been exposed to outside mm -hmm. of that. Like all these authors, indie authors, mm -hmm. um, like just 
just like a wide array of like what is possible and what people are doing. Yeah. I was learning so much information about the publishing industry and like, you know, different avenues to it and the issues in that, but also like connecting with readers like across the globe. Mm. It was amazing. I was like, I was, I was literally on fire. I was like, okay, like, <laughs> I'm going to like follow this person. Um, it's just an amazing community. And I think the main thing is just read like black romance. Uh-huh. Um, it's beautiful to see yourself in the content that you consume, especially as someone who was really raised on a lot of like white fiction, a lot of like classic, like, you know, like, I mean, it's not that they're not good authors, but right. they, they didn't represent what I, what my experience yeah. was. Mm-hmm. Um, so black romance is um, aspirational in a way that mm-hmm. a lot of white romance can never be because I will never be Hannah or Grace. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm always going to be Tati. I'm always going to be, yeah. you know, Jenny from around the block. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just, yeah, it, Black Romance is, is really, like, what I I felt so grateful for, for Book Talk for, yeah. And you made, I mean, you made some amazing connections. Can we talk about you interviewing Bolu Babalola? I, I know. Can we talk oh. about that? Can we talk about you interviewing the author of Honey and Spice? No, it was. Can we, can we talk about this? We can. We. Let me tell you how I was watching it and fangirling for you, and fangirling out for you because I know how much you love that book and how much you love her her work. And so I was just like, oh my god, look at her like living her dream. <laughs> it's so amazing. How did that feel? Like really, like connecting with the author that you just like were really, really into. No, like. I am telling you, I never in a million years expected to make that connection. And it was, it was so organic. It was so mm-hmm. organic. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like Moa and I had been making tons of videos since we got the arc in like March, right? right, right. Um, and she noticed that. And she like, one time she posted me on Twitter. I was like, oh my God. And <laughs> I kid you not, Moa and I in our text message, like I can send you a screenshot. Like we were literally like, oh, like what? It would be so cool if we got to interview Bolu like uh-huh. on TikTok because that's where a lot of her audience really is. Yes, yes, and yes. A few months later, I kid you not, Bolu slid into Moa's DMs and was like, hey guys, like what if we went on live together? And I was like, this best-selling author is coming to us like this, <laughs> like this is crazy and it's so organic it's like you you I would never have imagined it was just an amazing amazing opportunity just like mm-hmm. great vibes all around and I I loved being able to facilitate that connection between you know like this like traditionally published author and a lot of the like on the ground readers who were enjoying her work um yeah mm-hmm. and, that's what that all was um it was great um yeah it was it was amazing (laughs) I'm so proud of you like like the fact that you're just like not afraid and you're just like you know putting yourself out there and to see your I've seen the numbers of your platform just grow 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 and I'm like wow look at her like look at her like platform grow like this and the opportunity that you've gotten to you know meet other authors and stuff like that like yeah that's amazing that's crazy so let's get to let's get to the good stuff though okay okay yeah what <laughs> we what this segment is what is book talk reading so you are on the pulse of what's book, book talk reading you're at the perfect demographic the perfect age yeah. 
of TikTok and where 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 young folks in, in your age are reading. And I say young folks very, you know, in a very <laughs> auntie loving way. Um, but what are you reading? What's hot in the streets to you? What is what's what's something that you're like, y'all have got to read this like ASAP? You know, um, I always love to push Alyssa Cole mm. because I feel like her books are so full of heart, um, just like perfectly articulated, very great mix of like smart and sexy and funny. Mm -hmm. um, so I love Alyssa Cole's work. Um, Talia Hibbert, of course, Kimberly Lemming. Um, somebody who I also feel like people are not really put on to is Katrina Jackson. Explosive Rosie Adams as well. Um, yeah, so I'm just like listing all of them off. And all the one thing about me is I actually don't um, have a preference for like newer books, although like I love joining the craze when they're coming out, but like I'm also really getting into like Beverly Jenkins, like really mm -hmm. like OGs mm -hmm. of the Black romance genre. Um, and then finally, I would say um, Adriana Herrera, of course. Yeah. Mm. So, Oh, and, and Rebecca Weatherspoon. I'm sorry. It's so many. It's so many. <laughs> you listed some of my favorites and some of my, some of the people that I also look up to in, in, in the industry as well. Like Rebecca Witherspoon, not only is she an author, she's also my sorority sister. So, oh, wow. you know, we connect them in that level. Um, Katrina Jackson is, is in work, work makers with me. So I'm just like, you know, I've, I've talked to her a couple of times, but yeah, these are people that like, I'm not bragging on that. I'm just saying these are just to, oh, to yeah. let you just know how, humble they are and just how down they are and how like you would never think these people these people write these books be like y'all write these books <laughs> you write these books but yeah so what is on your tbr right now like what's some books that you're like you know what i gotta get into this um i'm telling you my brain is mush like i <laughs> i know it's okay. finals time <laughs> um let me think let me think oh gosh um Rebecca Weatherspoon is coming out with a young adult romance next year and even though yeah, I don't love is. YA she I still like the fact that these books are available to people I really mm -hmm. want to get into um Joya Joya Goffrey I think it's that yeah, Joya Goffrey. Yeah, yeah 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 um yeah. and then there's Talia Hibbert is also coming out with a young adult romance next year yes I know Alyssa has some upcoming books Alyssa Cole Mm -hmm. um yeah that's kind of what I'm looking I'm you know looking I'm excited to come out next next year mm. um oh and also your book of course what we're not okay once no again, no because we're not gonna come on here and talk <laughs> no, about no, my book we're gonna talk about the build up coming out March <laughs> <laughs> coming no. out March 2023 um I saw that cover I saw that we, we're gonna talk about it <laughs> we're gonna no. We're going to promote it um, because <laughs> I, it's been also, I just want to take a moment to say like, it's been so amazing watching you, you know, detail your journey, workout oh, Wednesday, yeah. you know, I'm always up in your, in your, your <sighs> because I love to watch like how, you know, your trajectory and your career is going. Um, oh, and I just really appreciate you. you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I, I, I appreciate that. Thank you for all your support. You yes, Rennie's always in the comments. <laughs> Rennie's always telling me, you know, um, oh, that sounds cool, or that's that's cool, or that that I like that, or whatever, whatever. So she's always been so supportive. So thank you uh for that. Um, 
but yeah, I, 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 it's really not about me at this segment. It's really about you and what you're reading. Um, you can read me, you know, when I come out, but you know, um, it's all good. Um, but also, Rini, I, I, there was, I gave, I let Rini have an opportunity that I couldn't do. I let her, I let her go to, I sent her some press. They had sent me some press information for like, um, 365 dni and i and i read the book it was for the sequel and all that stuff yeah and i said i can't make it i said Rennie, can you go is it it's near you can you go to the she's like what yeah yeah i'm going <laughs> so yeah. i sent her all the information she got the got to um i'm still waiting on the blog now so I can i'm po- i'm posting that today now that you reminded me today i'm posting that <laughs> and that was also so and i think i i really want listeners to know like the connections that are formed behind like the scenes of book talk or whatever are mm-hmm. really so genuine like mm-hmm. like you would never expect people to be so kind and welcoming and like that's how even I got that opportunity right it's not because I'm so great or whatever it's because the community is really standing behind me and standing mm-hmm. behind all of us mm-hmm. um so so that's why I really appreciate it when you're like oh I can't make it so can you go and I'm like oh my god this is amazing of course I'm gonna go <laughs> um, yeah it, it's just it's really really cool Honestly, yeah, I mean, the, the book itself may or move, might not be your cup of tea, but it's still cool to go and see like the actors and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And I was like, I can't do it. And then my podcast partner can do it. So I was like, I know somebody can do it. I, I, she, she liked that. <laughs> so I, I, I got in touch with Rennie and I said, you want to do it? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was real cool. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see it on her TikTok uh, soon enough. Um, yeah. But what other opportunities uh, do you have going on? besides uh uh book talk are you are you planning on going like a youtube are you planning on doing some other things talk to us what's, what's gonna come what are you hoping yeah. to come from book you talk? Know, hmm. well i think okay so i you know i'm currently in school um mm-hmm. and there's a lot of work i do in terms of like fan culture and fandom and like you know internet communities so mm-hmm. I I think I'm planning on like starting to post more articles and like actually publish some of the work that I do behind the scenes on like mm-hmm. various platforms so like building up my website and my portfolio as well mm-hmm. eventually I plan on entering the publishing industry like from the ground up so like interning for like editors and stuff like that um and maybe I'm gonna pursue an MFA and start publishing my own books we'll see mm-hmm. no promises um the next, but... the next bolu babalola <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope i mean i can only i can only dream um but no, you, you'll be the next rainy you'll be the next rainy <laughs> not the next book you'll be the next rainy yeah um so yeah more creative opportunities maybe youtube but honestly i feel like tiktok i vibe so hard with tiktok to be honest like mm-hmm, it's I like the immediacy of it, you know. Mm-hmm. On YouTube, you kind of have to search and click on, but the way the algorithm works is like you see a video, you comment, I'm gonna respond in two seconds. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the, and if, and when it works correctly, mm-hmm. the algorithm will put you in the places where you need to be versus YouTube, where you gotta search and search and search, and sometimes the algorithm doesn't put you where you want to be. You'll search something like, "Hey, that's not even what I said." <laughs> that's exactly. not even what I said. Versus yeah. on on TikTok, if you say, "Hey, I'm looking for black romance featuring pirates or whatever," <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna show yeah. you 
But they was like, what? Black Pearl Romance featuring pirates? It's going to show you Beverly Jenkins and she got a book with pirates. You know what I mean? I was just thinking of that today. And I placed a hold on it on Libby. I was like, I'm going to read that. (laughs) Um, Get it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, um, That's awesome. That's awesome. So where can the folks find you? You've given us a bunch of authors to read. (laughs) Some, 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 some Alyssa Cole, some, some Rebecca Witherspoon uh some some realty adam give us like your top three books from those folks or your top your top books from like in like one of them okay 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 um, okay, okay. I'm, 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 I, I can do i can do i can do i can do i can do, I can do. <laughs> i'm up to the challenge so, like, I'm gonna um, throw out some names, okay okay, okay so um how to catch a queen by Alyssa cole oh i like that one beautiful story um mm-hmm. really interesting takes on like you know misogyny and like you know black men and their relationship to like masculinity mm-hmm. um it's also like like fake African kingdom kingdom vibes. So like if you like like Black Panther, then that might be lower stake like romance version of that for you. Mm-hmm. Um in terms of Rosie Adams, I loved um oh what's it called? What's it called? Um Treble. Treble oh, is a yes. like three it's like a menage romance situation. And I think that the 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 genuineness of the like love story is what really comes through in the, with that book. Mm-hmm. Um and then for Rebecca Weatherspoon um, I really liked Zenny. I think, yeah, I think, you know, Zenny is, is an interracial romance that I actually really enjoy because of the um, the real connection that was mm-hmm. that happened between them and like the marriage of convenience. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're both bisexual. So I love that, like the queer aspect queer of that as well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, for sure. So that, I think that's like my top three of those three authors. Um, oh, wait, no, Katrina Jackson. <laughs> um i have to put you guys on to um oh gosh what's it called she has like a bunch of great books but i think room for three was amazing oh Um, yeah 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 and she just has so much more so yeah these are some recommendations for you all my my favorite i'm I'm gonna put something i'm gonna put put y'all on something so katrina jackson also writes under another pen name she writes under brandy bush um and so she has some much higher heat stuff you can imagine that if y'all can imagine that much higher heat stuff under brandy bush so there's the nanny which i really really love um and um the roommate so those two are i don't know if she's gonna do anything else under those those things uh katrina jackson also she just came out with her second book in her university series so she had office hours and then the next book is uh Oh God, is it sabbatical? Yes, yeah, sabbatical. I think it's the mm-hmm. next book yeah. under her. Uh, it's called the Curriculum Vitae uh, series. Mm-hmm. So y'all get them. Those are my recommendations. Those two y'all that I just them. mentioned, the ones, um, the nanny and the other one, the, the roommate, yeah. books. Yeah, I just looked there on Kindle Unlimited, guys. Go, go get them. Go get them. <laughs> yes, I yes. just got them. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, um, you can find me at Rennie Esson. That's R E N I E S A N on all mm-hmm. platforms. It's the same mm-hmm. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Instagram, if you like want to connect with me on a more personal level, you know, my day to day life, and then TikTok, all my book opinions. Some of them get kind of spicy. So. <laughs> um so yeah um that's where you can find me thank you so much for having me Tati. 
Thank you for coming on, Ren. This has been a joy and a pleasure. And I, I'm shocked that it took us this long to do this. But thank you so much for coming on. And you have been a joy and a light. And you are a blessing to uh, the Book Talk community. Oh. And I hope everybody sees what you're doing and uh, you know follows you and, and really enjoys and your content as much as I have. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I want to thank my guests, Anaya LJ and Rennie Esson for coming on to the podcast and blessing us with their thoughts and their words and their wisdom. Tune in next week where we have more guests and more conversations about books and romance and sharing real inclusive love. Once again, I am your host, Tati Richardson, your residence romance writer and reader. And you can find me everywhere on social media at Richard Writes On. That's Richard, W-R-I-T-E-S-O-N, Richard Writes On. And if you can find more about our podcast at Instagram at Romance in Color with a U and on Twitter at Romance, the letter N and Color with a U. Tune in next week and I will see you guys later. God bless.